0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are, for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for just loving us and being so kind to us and gracious and for, for your goodness and your peace and your grace and all that you bring. Not, not just, it's not just something you give, it's, it's who you are. And so we thank you for that. And we thank you that we can rest in who you are and rest in your promises and just rest in your goodness and, and your grace. And we give you the praise. Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning in Jesus' name amen so we've been in john a lot lately right and i've gotten hooked on john <laughs> so so um, i was reading a book about john and Patmos, and it just like like what an incredible man like we skim through the scriptures and we see the disciples and we see the stories but we really don't it, a lot of times it, it doesn't connect that these were real men and that they walked and that they talked and that they had relationships with Jesus and they had, had cultures and they had, had beliefs and they had stuff that was going on in their life too. Not unlike any of us. And so it brings it, brings it to life. They had different personalities, right? And, and the sons of thunder, which I actually think John was a son of thunder, wasn't he? And so, so you think about this, the disciple whom <laughs> Jesus loved. And he's a son of thunder, right? And so you think about that kind of stuff, and you think about the personalities, and you think about the history that they have, and then the more and more I think about it, um, the more and more I wanted to study him and and, um, kind of what he was like. And it made me think, you know, one thing that he knew, he knew who Jesus was, and he knew that Jesus loved me. So that gave me a really good view of where to start because he's the one. Whenever Jesus was reclining, and he's the one that he wanted his head, he wanted his ear on his heart, man. He wanted to be as close to him, right? In fact, you can tell he wrote his gospel because every time he refers to himself as Peter and and, and James and Thomas and all these other dudes, but it's like and the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? That's how he referred to himself, and that's how we can refer to ourselves too. And we're 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 the ones. I'm the son. I'm the child of God whom Jesus loves. Right? And it gives us a grit and it gives us um, um, an identity to know. Like that's what everything, perfect love casts out all fear. And when we understand that we're perfectly loved, then all that fear dissipates and all that fear goes away. And then we can have peace and we can have rest in knowing who he is. Who he is. Um The Bible says that... um, I was doing my daughter's wedding and I... We always use that um, scripture. Love is patient. Love is kind. Right? But the Bible says that God is love. So we know love is this, but a lot of times we don't know that God is this. Does that make sense? God is patient. God is kind. You hear what... Can you hear the difference, right? So here's the, here's the deal. Like, none of us were born Christians. Not one of us. But every one of us were born in the image and the likeness of God. In Jeremiah 1.5 it says, Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Pretty powerful. None of us were born Christians, but we all we're born in the image of God with a, with a choice and a lot of times that choice is based on what we see and the, the paradigms that we're raised up with and the thought processes and the cultures that we have and and um, maybe someone grew up with someone telling you God's this big mean dude man that just can't wait to thump you right right, and you, and there's only two reactions to that Right? It's like, well, I need to figure out how not to get thumped. Right? And so I'm gonna get on his cat on his side because he's the one that's thumping, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna include myself with him and then I'm gonna start thumping on other people too. Right? Or we just don't believe in him. I think a lot of times there's a lot of Greek influence because of the translations of how this Bible came about. And when you get back to the source. And get through the culture and get through the cut through the stuff to the root source, we find out. A lot of times, like in in um how I grew up, it was do good, get good, do bad, get beat. Right? It was a big mean God that as long as you were telling the line, he he was on, he was there for you, but the moment that you messed up, he's gonna smack you down. And there was no security at all in that. And that's horrifying, because that's not what the gospel is about at all. In fact, it comes back, it's more like Zeus. Anybody know who Zeus is? Like, he's got the thunderbolt right here, and he's pointing there. Go ahead, make my day. <laughs> right? Go ahead, make my day. And he's just waiting for someone to mess up so he can go, Whoosh. Right? And then we're here, oh man, there's, there's this God and he looks like Zeus and he's this big angry God. So I'm going to include myself with him and I'm going to exclude everybody else out. And then I'm going to start throwing darts too. And that's not what God's really like at all. <coughs> right? And that's where, what John's trying to get across to us. is like, he's not Zeus. He's, he, he's not, in fact, Zeus didn't even exist. He never existed. He doesn't exist. He's myth a lot, myth a, he's a myth. Yeah, right? Too fancy of a word for this cowboy to talk. In Oklahoma, we don't talk that fast, so, right? It's a myth, like he didn't even exist. But we take those traits and we put it on God. Like, am I the only one who ever grew up with that? With, with, with the religious hardcore... I am? I'm the only one? Oh, And, it, and it's not who God really is. Because that would mean that God's schizophrenic. And he's not. That would mean God is okay one way... That would mean God's not a good father. Like, if we treated our kids the way that we ascribe God to be treating people, we'd throw them in jail... Right, But he's a good God. And we're, we have a God that loves us. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And so it really makes you think, and you look at the cross and you see the cross and you think, well, that's God's anger and that's God's judgment. And I think it's totally opposite. I think it's God's righteousness and God's mercy and God's saying, when Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And the Father wasn't like, Oh, man, I don't want to forgive them. I'm, I just want to take it all out on you, and I'm mad at you, and so, so I ain't going to forgive them because they're rotten, and I have no, you know, I, I had to have you right here because I'm so mad. No, I think he was saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Father, the father's like, yeah, boys, they sure don't. I gladly forgive them. That's the heart of the father. Jesus said, "said I and the father are one." Again, I want to go back to John one one. You're like, Pastor James, are you ever going to get over this? And the answer is no. Because I'm trying to spend an entire eternity figuring this out, right? And, and um, go. That's good. Okay, John one one. I know it, but I'm going to read it just because I think it's important. In the beginning was the and the word was and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, some things were made. What? Through him, a a couple things? things. Most things? All things things were made. And that includes you. (laughs) Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. No one knew that more right there than John. Do you know what he's saying? Jesus is the light. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. No one killed Jesus. He gave his life for us. If you want to look at at, at what killed Jesus, look at the cross. Look, Look at the ugliness and the hate. And our refusal to, to accept that God, but man didn't like, like I know a lot of people are like, "Well, the Jews killed Jesus." And like, like a lot of Jews got killed over the centuries because of that. And, and the Jewish people didn't just kill Jesus. We all killed him if that's the case, right? And so, here, here's the cross, and here's Jesus, and here's the light of the world. Here's the one that created the heavens and the earth and, and, and the moon and the stars and, and the very people. He is the light, and he's come into. Jesus is not just a good man. He is God. That's what, first, that's what John 1 is saying. In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God. It's pros, it's together, face to face. They are one. Jesus said, I and the, and the Father are one. If you see me, you've seen the Father. In fact, you can't get to the Father unless you see me. Why not? Because we see Zeus. Or we don't see a God at all. Or we see something else. And Jesus said, I I didn't come to do anything but to reveal the goodness of the Father. And that's what the entire book of John is going about, is revealing the goodness and the love of the Father through Jesus, his Son, right? And then you get to Revelation, and John's revealing the goodness and greatness of Jesus, right? And it's so powerful, The light came, but they did not perceive In fact, they thought they were stomping it out. And you know what they did? They just threw gas on a fire. And I think it's super powerful. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into this, into the world. He was in the world and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who, who did everything perfect to those who were, you know, given everything they had, were, were never making mistakes, loving on people, were, no. Were those who were keeping all Ten Commandments, yet to all who received him, to those who believed, In his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Pretty powerful, isn't it? Jesus was the game changer in this aspect. Because, like, when you go to David, he's like, he's my rock. He's my portion. He's my strong tower. Like, he had a certain certain awe and a certain relationship with with god then you go to abraham and he's a friend of god right You, you see moses and they see him as yahweh and you see him as elohim and you see him as the god who delivers them so when jesus comes on the scene he changed everything in this in this right here he says Listen again to this. You, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Well, that's a game changer because Jesus is saying, hey, he, he's not just my strong tower. He's just not my fortress. He's just not my deliverer. But he's my daddy. He's my father. He's a good daddy, too. Like, you see me, you see me go out, and I'm, like, healing the sick, and, a, and I'm raising the dead, and I'm doing all these things, and, and you see, see this thing happen. You meet at the woman in the well, and he gets so mad at her, he drowns her. He's like, tell me what you did. So they waterboard her and peel her fingernails back. Right? No, what did he do? He, he forgave her sins and gave her life. Right? Said, I have water that you know nothing about. What about the dude that come up with the withered hand? He had a withered hand, and God said, that won't work. They don't match. So he had the other one withered. Right? No. What about the dudes? Like these, th- these leopards come to him, and there's 10 of them, man. And he heals all of them, right? said he's like, yeah, I'm just going to heal you a little bit. This one dude comes back and says, Thank you, thank you. And he says, Well, since you come and thank me, I'm going to get you a gift card to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> no. What did he do? He said, said, I'm going to make you whole. And he made him whole. Right? When, the, when they were blind, do you know what he did? He spit in the dirt. Thank God they couldn't see. Right? Can you imagine watching? What are you doing with that? Right? You're spitting in them. It's like, yeah, I'll I'll wait till next week for the prayer service. Took the dirt and spit in it. He made the blind see and the deaf hear. And he raised the dead. I think about that. That's pretty powerful. He says, now if you've seen me You've seen the Father. Now if the Father was still mad before the cross, why was he healing these guys? Why was he, why was he sending his son, his only son, and he say, saying, sent the angel and said, said, Bad news, boys. I have bad tidings of great sorrow because I'm still mad. No. No. Bad tidings of great joy. Now think about that. Like this wrecked a lot of the theology that I thought I grew up with, right? Because we go off of doctrines and ideals, and we don't really like like we don't really see the scriptures and Jesus as who He is, right? I grew up in like where I grew up, it, it was easy. Like you could lose your salvation as easy as you could sneeze. And there was no security in that, right? And then Peter, well, it's not like you're once saved, you're always saved. And I I found out, you know what it is? It's once you're saved, you're completely saved. And it doesn't come because of what I've done, but it comes because of the work of Jesus on the cross. And so here's Jesus in the image, made in the image and the likeness of the Father, right? He is the Father. Him and the Father are one. In fact, so much so if him and and the Father are one, that was God Elohim on that cross. They are one together. So the so so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. They made a complete decision to, to give their life for us. Jesus is the one who said, Hey, I'll go do it. But they weren't out of the loop saying, We'll sit back and watch. You hear what I'm saying? It it was, it was uh, like, because we believe in the Trinity, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we have to, to be a nam missionary or to be a <laughs> preacher. You kind of got to know, you know, the faith message, right? One of us, we believe in the Trinity. But we believe in the Trinity. We, we preach them, a lot of times, as separate. I've thought that. Like, I've understood the Trinity. But I've always thought that they were separate. And Jesus says, I and the Father are one. There's nothing that I do apart from the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he's not big old Zeus with the point in the finger like this waiting for Jesus to die. So then he can go, oh, hey, now I love you. He's in on it from the beginning. We have a good Father. And And then we have the Holy Spirit too. Right? That breathed his life. And the spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth. Right? And God said, let there be. And what happened? Boom. There was. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from a few of their sicknesses. For how many? All. All. Man, the more I study it and the more I get into it and the more... Like, like I've opened, I've I've had to open my mind a little from from some of the stuff that that my old paradigms want to do, and say, you know what, Father, reveal yourself to me, show me who you really are, because I want to know you, right? There, I was a, back studying before the um, service, and there's a scripture on the wall back there that says, "I want to know Him." And the power of his resurrection, but I don't. I don't just want to know about that. Like, like you ever fall in love with somebody? Like you're like you got the cutest toes. Someone else looks at him like that's the ugliest foot I ever seen. Right? I want to see your toes. I want to see you smile. I want to. Know everything about you. What do you do? What, what were you doing when you were born? What did your doctor look like when you come out? you know? Just know everything about them. Why? Because you love them, man. You want to know who they are. You want to know what makes them tick. You want to know where they're, where, they're, where they're at. And that's what I want with, with Jesus. I don't just want to know about him. I want to know him. I want to know who he is. I want to know what his heart like. And you know what? I find out when I know who he is, I'm going to know who the Father is and I'm going to have the Holy Spirit know who the Holy Spirit is and they're all going to be flowing in and through and making a difference in our life. But we get to make a choice. What are we going to believe? I mean, what, what are we going to give our life up to To the point of, you know what, I'm going to bank on this. I'm going to count on this. I want to count on him. And put my trust in him. So I'm just reading in Genesis. So I'm going to give you the gospel according to Genesis real quick. Where does time go? Is this too heavy? I just want to... I mean, we can preach. But we got to have some conviction at... About us too, and let people know this is what I really believe. God's a good God, and He loves you. You are made in His image. You're God's highest form of creation. He's not Zeus. He's Yahweh. He He's a great Daddy. And I want people to see Him like that. I was in Genesis. I love Abraham, John, and Abraham. Man, how can you not like either one of them? Right. So you. Seeing in Genesis, going through the Bible, you see you see the Tower of Babel, where these men are trying to do on their own on their own merits is what they were doing, trying to build a tower to God. They they were relying on their own abilities and on on who they thought they were and who they thought what they thought they could do, and they could get it way. I mean, they were on their way. And God said, "Yeah, I can't let them do that. So guess what I'm going to do." I'm going to scatter them, and I'm going to give them different languages, right? And so um, some spoke Texan, some Some spoke Oki, some spoke American, some spoke English, right? But he gave them different languages, right, and spread them out. And then I think it's really cool, because right after we see that, that the nations are spread out, then we get an introduction. Guess who gets inter- introduced to us? Right before Genesis 12, we see Terah coming on the scene. Who Terra is not not like terror, like the war on Terra, like not the Texan terror, right? But like, but Terra T E R A, which was Abraham's dad, right? The Bible says that he was leaving, right? He got up and left and was going to to Canaan, and then he stopped. And, and he stopped before he got there, and so then we find, uh, and there's another reason he stopped, and I didn't I got time to go into that. And then we find Abraham, and here's Abraham, God says, "Get up, man. I got a place for you to go." And he says, Le- "Leave everything and follow me." Isn't that kind of the same thing that Jesus did? He left. heaven. He left everything to become like us so that he could die as one of us so that we would finally believe. Guess what makes the difference between Jesus and any other any other religion? Is he died. They all died. But he rose again. That's the difference. He said, you know what, I'm going to prove to you that I love you so much. Not only am I going to die for you, but I'm going to raise it, rise again so that you can know that all those things that are worrying you and are bugging you and you're conscious and all this stuff can be buried with him and then you can rise again with him in his resurrection. You were crucified with Christ, therefore you no longer live, but it's Christ who lives within you, Right? So here, we get to Abram, and it was Abram still. He goes into the land, and then his, um, I'm trying to get to, he does everything perfect in the land, too. Right? No. And then he's got his nephew Lot, he gets stolen, and um, he goes and rescues him. And as he rescues him, he's set in the in this, um, what is it called the Valley of the Kings, In um, Genesis chapter um, 14, verse 17, I want to read. It says, After Abram returned from defeating Kedorah and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shava, That is a king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out the bread and the wine, and he was priest of God most high. And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be God, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, El Elyon, creator of the heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Here's the the kings of Sodom. He's in the valley of the kings. Here's Abram. He's in the valley of the kings, had a great victory that God just gave him. And they're giving God the credit for giving him the victory as who, what Abraham Abram wanted. That's where we get our victory. Not in our power, not in our works, but through him. In him we live and move and have our being, not doing. Now listen. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of, of everything. Now this is Melchizedek. This is a, a picture of Jesus himself. And, um, Melech, Sadak, is the king of righteousness and he's the king of peace. And he's saying to Abram, you know, it's a picture of Jesus. Blessed be Abraham, creator of the heaven and earth. And then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And then the the king of Sodom said to Abram, now this is the dudes that, that were, were the Supposed to be the bad guys in the story later on. But watch. Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a thong of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the, share that, uh, and the share that belongs to the men who went with me. And then he listed their name, and he said, let them have their share. What happened here? Here we see a picture of Jesus and Melchizedek, the king of righteousness, the king of peace, coming in. and he's like, blessed are you. God gave you the victory, right? And you see him bringing the, the bread and the wine, and that's a whole number man. I know. Have enough time, right? Mm-hmm. So, so where this is really kind of the first communion, right? So, so here's Jesus, uh, the image of Jesus, if not Jesus himself. I ain't going to argue that right now because I'm trying to get somewhere. But the king of Sodom comes and says, "Man, I'm going to give you this blessing," and D- and Abram says, "Nah." You know what? I serve El Elyon. He's a, the Yahweh. I serve Elohim, God Almighty, the Creator of the heavens and the earth. And I don't want you to be able to say that you bless me. Because I know that He's going to. And you know what we see in the very next chapter? Says after this the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, and he says, That was the dumbest move you ever made. You could add a lot of stuff. No. no he didn't. He said this. After this the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield and your very great reward. But Abram said, O oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And, Abraham, and Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my house will be, be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, The man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be, be an heir. And he took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and the stars and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. That's why I love Rolls Royces, because they have star headliners inside. <laughs> like Abraham, man. Oh God, i just sat here and Canada, Right? If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your off- offspring be. So Abraham did everything right. So Abraham believed the Lord. And he credited it to him for righteousness. Now see, Abraham said, you know what? I'm going to trust you with everything I have. Do you think that Abraham might have had a revelation of who God really was? Do you think Abraham was looking at Zeus? Or do you think he was looking at El Shaddai? El Elyon? (coughs) Yahweh? The creator of the heavens and the earth. The first and the last that is to come and will always be. He's like, man, he's got a heart for me. He loves me. And he said, you know what? I'm going to trust him with everything because I know he's a good God. He But there's this one thing I got, man. God went right to the heart of it. He says, I don't have an heir, man. I, you blessed me with all these things, and you've given me all this land, and I just don't have this one thing in my heart. And you know what God said? He said, Look at the stars. He said, Look at getting your Rolls Royce. Just lean back and look, or getting your convertible as you're driving down through the sand. And just look up, man. And then when you're walking and you're discouraged, look down. Why? Because as matches as the sands are, so will your offspring be. When Abraham put his complete trust in God, it unlocked something. That was a key that's unlocking us. Do you know you're one of those stars? The Bible says that we're the seed of Abraham. Not just by blood, but by Jesus' blood too. Think about that. The same God that kept his promise to Abraham because it was based on works. Not works. works. Based on what? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as Righteousness. That same God says, You know what? I'm going to be your daddy. I'm going to be your provider. I'm going to be your healer. I want a relationship with you. See, Abram literally walked and talked with him. He says, I want to walk and talk with you. You can't get any closer to him. He's in you. Talk to him. That thing that's in your heart that you've been waiting for and you've been longing to, give it to him. And watch what he will do because he's still a good daddy and he still loves you. And he's not a monster or a mean dad, but he's a loving, gracious father. Amen? Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word. We love you and give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.